0: the podcast of Tibetan Kung Fu, where we practice Kung Fu to be a better person first and a better martial artist second. Episode 20. This is your host, Sifu T.W. Smith, and I'm excited about being with you today. And thank you, son, for that wonderful introduction. Really enjoyed putting that together with you this past week. I have several things I want to cover today. I want to say thank you to Ray Walters and Niall for endorsing us over in uh, LinkedIn in regards to martial arts and wellness. The workshop on push hands has stimulated a lot of questions and some of the other things that was coming along with it. We have a actually a workshop coming up on this weekend. And this episode originally was planned to help answer some of those questions, but because of some of my meditational things. I decided to change and go with my heart a little bit, but I did want to let you know that I look forward to the workshop this coming Saturday. The pumpkin carving is on the same day, that evening. We're really excited about that too. We've got several folks who are going to be bringing in their new ideas for the pumpkin carving this weekend as well. I'd also encourage you, we're going to have a good episode over at Kung Fu Podcast this coming week in regards to a little bit of a ghost story in Kung Fu as well. I wanted to say thank you for all the fantastic responses we've gotten so far on the new HopGar video we put out on Facebook, YouTube, and those places. It was fun to put together. If you haven't seen it, you can go to www.tibetankungfu.net forward slash HopGar. Or you can look up Hopgar at Tibetan Kung Fu, and it'll pop up there as well on YouTube. But it was a blast to put the little story together, put it together in an exciting way, and to just see what it does. We're looking forward to putting together some more, and I'd love to get some input from you if you had some thoughts about it. About this time of year, I've noticed over the years, that I go through a little memory lane. I don't know what else to call it. But it is a very solemn reminder to practice and to keep my... Mindset strong and try to live my life as much as I can. Being a dad now, some of those memories I had when I was a young man are more intense now because Ken's around. So I want to tell you a true story. Kaifir Valley Medical Center, October 27, 1995. I'd been working at Moore Regional Hospital for several years and I was traveling one hour. One way, so two hours each time I went to practice, which, which was anywhere from three to four to five days a week, so that I could practice Kung Fu because it meant that much to me and I could see myself changing. I'd worked in the cardiac and pulmonary rehab department with some really fine folks. We were always teamed up with the nurse and a nutritionist, and we had cases that, of folks that we would go through. And my schedule for years was simple get up at 5 a.m., do my Qigong. My post and have some breakfast. Go to work. Go to the Golden Dragon restaurant to practice from about five thirty to nine or so. Maybe get a little bit of dinner there. Come home, crash, do the same thing again. Saturdays I got to practice from about seven thirty or so to about three in the afternoon, maybe a little longer. Sometimes on Sundays we would just take turns hosting practice or dinners, and this went on for years. But on October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety five, it started off as a normal day. Our office was just down the hall from this new outpatient entrance there at Kifer Valley Hospital. It gave fast access to the hospital. And then we got this alert over the PA. If I remember correctly, it was a code blue. I do remember this. It got my attention real quick. The alert calls everyone on the hospital staff, everybody. Janitors, cooks, anybody who's got two hands and can move to get ready because there's a massive casualty problem getting ready to come in. And shortly thereafter, it did start. Now, the nurse that I was teamed up with, her husband was part of the 82nd Airborne, and she was an excellent rehab nurse. She called me and said, double time it. And from that moment, my life changed, because I have never forgotten that. The Army Hospital there in February was already taking on people, and Cape Fair Valley was next. Everyone was moving. Blood, oxygen tanks, blankets, gauzes, you name it, we were getting it. Some people were already starting to cry because they had relatives and loved ones that could be easily coming through those doors any moment. But there was a great deal of focus and the hallway started to fill up with stretchers. Doctors and nurses were commanding folks like me and people who, you know, were not necessarily clinical but worked in the clinical environment and we were just errands we were running. But everything was still very poised. I remember turning All the hours of Kung Fu practice on, I said to myself, see no evil, hear no evil. And that was my way to kind of buffer myself because I was trying to cope with all the sadness, misery, and pain that started flooding in. A man that doesn't deserve to have his name mentioned had opened fire on the 82nd Airborne during PT, October 27th, 1995. put some links to the art newspaper articles that were published that day and a few days after. They're on the website. And after the man had started to open fire, a group of unarmed soldiers gathered together and took to the forest. They were armed with their shorts and t shirts against a man with multiple weapons. They flanked him, they fought him, and they secured him. T shirts and shorts. Everybody down there in the PT field were running for cover. Over 17 soldiers were shot that day, and one was killed who was trying to stop him, Major Stephen Badger, and there's a picture of him on the website there. Major Guy LaFaro, Staff Sergeant Matthew Lewis, were awarded Soldiers a Medal, along with Major Stephen Badger, for risking their lives that day. Miner said that the gunman who was firing at them turned away, and as he did, He and Sergeant Edward Mongold tackled the man. Quote, it was a fight for our life. It was a fight for all our lives. Now, as I was moving through these crowds of folks that day, and they were in their stretchers, a young man had offered up his arm. He was holding his arm in a wheelchair, and he asked me if I could help him. You could tell he was a little shaken, and he was in his shorts. It was really overwhelming to see that many people in pain, but it was really hard to see people who were in pain, and then those who were in pain for those who were in pain. Wives and mothers, because they knew their sons and loved ones were out there that day, and children, and that one still gets me. And I'm working pretty hard to keep myself together during this episode, because it really does stimulate a lot of strong emotions. Several so of the guys who I trained with were part of the 82nd. Fortunately, none of them were there that day, even though one had been scheduled to be out there air but had been called out to Camp McCall earlier. During those really intense hours that day, I remember how clearly things seemed to be amongst all that chaos. It reminded me of some M.A.S.H. episode where Hawkeye and Trapper were working triage for all those wounded soldiers and trying to keep everything in, in order. There was a lot of steadiness. But I realize now that most of that was because there were very simple priorities, help stop bleeding, ease pain where I could, and provide comfort and support. Those were the three simple emphases for me that kept order in that chaos. So why am I sharing this memory with you? Well, One, because it was part of my commitment to training Kung Fu to be a better person that led me to be in the position to be in there that day. i had made some life-changing decisions that I was going to be different than I had been, and because of that, I was there that day. Also share it with you because your experiences can teach you about what's important and what is of lesser importance. So if you could take with you today a few reminders. Life is short and can change in an instant. Find time to be grateful for someone or something while you are here now. I try to use it to get my rear end going and stop whining because the detail didn't pan out the way I wanted Those children and wives we had to console that day were agonizing over much more than just details. I also ask you to be reminded that we may not all agree on the politics that are involved in this world or in this country, but I do encourage you to agree on supporting those young men that put their lives on the line, both abroad and at home, to provide you and me with the freedom to be happy and the freedom to complain. Get out today and practice. Remember someone. And if you were any way associated with the events of that day, October 27, 1995, and hear my message, whether it's this year, 2014, or 2020, I'd like to hear from you. If there's anything I can do, I will. I only listed one resource for today. I support and ask you to contribute a dollar or two, if you can, to the Wounded Warrior Project. I wrote to them, to the organization there, right in Fayetteville. And here's what I wrote. I am releasing a podcast this Wednesday. October twenty second, two 2014, to our growing community. It is in regards to my embalming in the October 27, 1995 shooting on base. I will be asking listeners today and for the years to come to donate directly to the Wounded Warrior Project. I just wanted to let you know, seafood T.W. Smith. So I'm asking you, don't let me down. Whether you are listening in 2014, 2020, or long after I'm dead, If you hear this and you contribute even a single dollar to those people who need our support, I will greatly appreciate it. Episode 20. Get out there and practice today.